This podcast is brought to you by Bastion Solutions. Welcome to the MHI Cast, the show where we talk to the industry's best minds and uncover their supply chain stories. We explore real world case studies and get unique perspectives on key trends and emerging technologies from every corner of the material handling, logistics, and supply chain space. The inside of distribution and fulfillment centers is constantly changing and constantly updating. And for the people working within those four walls, the tools they have access to can make all the difference between getting a shipment process on time or not. Automated guided vehicles and other mobile automation solutions are just a few of the possible instruments available to improve throughput. And so joining us today to talk about the future of AGVs is Michael Markham. Michael is the general manager for the autonomous vehicles division within Bastion Solutions. Michael, thanks for being with us here today. Let's start at the very beginning. Tell us a bit about how you came to be at Bastion and how you got introduced to AGVs. Two interesting questions there. I started working with Bastion in 2017 when Toyota acquired uh, Bastion Solutions as part of a Toyota Group Companies. And I started my career with Toyota in 1997. I started on the automotive side of Toyota. I worked for TMMK, Toyota Motor Manufacturing of Kentucky. And I worked there until 2008, at which time I moved into the Toyota industrial equipment side of things in helping bring AGVs from Japan to the U.S. market. So in 2008, I started integrating my first AGVs. Uh, and got my hands dirty, you know, doing that. And I personally, through the years, have integrated well over a thousand units uh, in service throughout the U.S. market or in Canada as well. And so, you know, that's that's how I got brought into the AGV business. And when we acquired Bastion Solutions in 2017, by 2018, we determined that it would make us more agile in AGV development to move our uh, group that was in Toyota Material Handling USA into Bastion Solutions. So I became a member of the Bastion Solutions team kind of through a, an acquisition and moving from uh, a direct Toyota company into uh, Bastion. Quite the trajectory there. And I noticed as I was doing some research for this interview that part of your mission statement says you provide clients with a competitive advantage by designing and delivering world-class distribution and production solutions. So can you tell us a bit more about that process and how you go about deciding what needs to be innovated? Well, that's a great question. And it it is a, a pleasure to work for a company that not only has that as its mission statement, but actually practices and lives it out Uh, on a daily basis. And what it really boils down to is that we have the opportunity to go out there and do research and understand what products and automation components are available. And we talk to our customers and listen to them. Of course, you know, many customers have preferences and we need to sort of obviously adhere to their preferences or maybe even some cases they have hard requirements like uh, PLCs must be uh, Allen Bradley, or they must be Siemens, or they must be something else. So in those cases, we're able, as an independent integrator, we're not hard aligned to a particular brand. So we have the ability to bring various brands and various technologies into play to make sure that we've designed and, and created the best automated solution for the customer. 
And it's actually also true with our autonomous vehicles or our AGV team. We, um, we're not completely stuck with just using what we design, um, but we're able to, to use multiple brands when it makes sense for our customers. But in the end, no matter which brand we use, whatever we select, one of the key drivers is can we really support it long-term? We don't want to just partner with anybody. We want to partner with companies that will guarantee us that we can take care of our customer. But we're also given the freedom to design and develop our own when there are clear gaps in the market. And then there, there are third parties that we can purchase vehicles from and integrate them. But no matter what we do, we know that we owe it to our customer to be there for them long-term. We can't integrate something that we aren't positive is going to be around for 10 years, 15, 20 years. We really want to make sure that whoever uh, products we choose to integrate, we can count on the fact that we vetted it out well, and we know that that is something we can support, and our partner company will support for many years with our current customers. Yeah, what, what you're describing there is the epitome of customer-focused. Yes, exactly. And it, you know, I can say, as I mentioned earlier, that I started my career in 1997. I have found very few companies that are in the marketplace that have the level of uh, integrity and the right uh, ethics that, that align with the way I was raised. And I love to work for a company that I know genuinely wants to put the customer first because we know not only is it our long-term success, it's just the right thing to do for society. It is the only way that our world can be the best it can be is when it's not all about us. You know, we have to um, understand that it's about taking care of others. And it's one of the few companies I've ever been part of that has that, that level of attitude throughout the company. And it's stressed not just in meetings, but in the things we do daily. And so, yeah, it is super important to us to make sure that whatever solution we bring to our customer, we might not always get it right the first time, but we will do whatever it takes to make it right. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thanks for sharing that. Um, in your opinion, what are some challenges you need to overcome when developing automated guided vehicles or automated mobile robots? Yeah, there are several that we face uh, pretty consistently. Uh, the first one that really comes to mind is the speed at which you need to innovate and complete vehicle design and bring it to life. We have to move much faster in the automated vehicle space than we do when we design a forklift that's driven manually or a tugger that's driven manually. It's a very long design cycle to bring a new product to life in that industrial space. So it, it's not uncommon for it to take five to seven years for us to develop a vehicle and get it to a place where it can be sold. But with AGVs, that's too long. The, the industry is moving so fast, technology is changing so fast, we need to be able to design and prototype and build and release to the market in more like two or three years. So that's the first challenge we're finding is that it puts a lot of stress on our teams to do our best to get it right. And it means that we take a few more risks when we release a new product. We had to figure out a way to speed that design cycle. That's the first thing that comes to mind. One of the second things that comes to mind is the ability to adapt to what customers want as quickly as we can. So we, 
We know that we need a special design request system so that small modifications that customers want on the vehicles, we can accommodate because it's not really possible to make a one-size-fits-all applications vehicle. Special design requests, that's a challenge. And this could be just like a fixture that sits on top. It could be, I want to add powered conveyor to this. I want to add an escapement. I want to add maybe something very static like a gravity conveyor. There are all kinds of requests out there from customers, and the right thing to do for them is not to ask them to completely change their operations to fit your vehicle, but to modify your vehicle to commit to fit their operations. So that's also a challenge, and we welcome that challenge because we think that's the right thing to do for the customer. And then uh, I think we find that just that, that not only the speed of developing vehicles, but the number of vehicle types that need to be developed to broadly cover our customer applications. Everything from counterbalance forklifts to mini load, you know, AGVs to unit load AGVs to it might be a fork over AGV. It might be a dual drive, an omnidirectional. There are so many different types of platforms that we need to develop. So we can't do them all at once. So when you talk about challenge, the challenge for us is to prioritize correctly, you know, which ones did we build first and second and third and fourth? And did we do it correctly? Did we truly listen to our customer and build what the customer needed in the priority that they wanted? Uh, we find this to be very challenging, you know, to, to take in all the data and all the customer feedback and input and make those decisions. Definitely a big part of the challenge. You know, your latest case study with Denso was interesting. I was just watching that video earlier today. Can you tell me more about how you think AGVs will impact the job market? And from the employee's perspective, what are their opportunities moving forward? Yeah, I think uh, it's very common what we saw happen at Denso. It's, it, it wasn't an unusual case, so that's why it was a really good case study for our marketing team to you know display out there where people could open the video, watch it, kind of understand what happened there. But in general, what uh, Denso had was a, a condition where they were bringing products from warehouses through a clean tunnel into their clean operations manufacturing areas where they build like ECUs for automotive industry. So they needed to be able to transport raw goods in and then completed goods out. But their biggest challenge was the raw goods in. And all these different package configurations and uh, just keeping a good flow was really challenging for them. So they wanted to solve the, the manpower problem, being able to keep people uh, employed in those particular jobs. They're not jobs that seemingly most people would say, oh, I would love a job just driving a tugger around. But it really wasn't a job that people liked. Once they put people in those jobs, they saw a lot of turnover. Uh, that people didn't want to stay doing that. It, it's kind of lonely. You're driving uh, from place to place. You, you, you know, they were getting off and pushing uh, these pallets on on gravity conveyor. So in the end, they they had a lot of turnover. They were struggling with uh, morale and keeping people in those jobs. And they also had damage. You know, people would get fatigued. I think fatigue was probably the number one reason. But sometimes they just get careless too, and they had uh, product damage. A very delicate products so you can imagine building ECUs and controllers for automotive industries. We did a trial with them at first just to validate that it, it could be successful. 
And once they were comfortable, we actually loaned them some vehicles and did this trial with them. And once they were comfortable that it proved that the technology would work, then we, you know, implemented a true system where they bought quite a few tuggers and we helped them integrate them with their trailers. And we used all of their existing equipment except for the tugger. We just basically made the tugger unmanned and we were able to interlock that with all their clean room uh, doors, high-speed roll-up doors, drive-through clean tunnel. Uh, all of that, being able to provide the solution was the key. If I'd have just come to them and said, I have an automatic tugger, do you want to buy it? It wouldn't have been enough. It would have been overwhelming for them to have been able to integrate, do all the interlocks. So the service we provided was just as important as the vehicle we had designed and developed. And those two things go together to create a successful system. And I think that's one of the best things that the Denso case study points out is that we are a true system provider, not just an AGV provider. Yeah, the, the integration part is always key. It's, it's always wonderful to see a solution come alive. How about ethics? Do you think there are some ethical considerations involved in the development of AGVs? And furthermore, how do you think they should be addressed? Of course, the, the initial reaction is that you're taking jobs away, taking valuable jobs away from, from people that are trying to feed their families. And uh, so that's something to certainly be considered. I would say if you'd asked me this question in 2008 or 2009, I would have probably had a lot more concern about, oh, what am I doing? You know, going and creating these aut autonomous vehicles, am, am I really taking jobs away from people? But what I've seen through the years, and I can speak from experience, is that almost everything I've ever had a chance to automate with an automated vehicle are jobs that either people did not want and they could not keep them staffed, or if we integrated into a job that people did like, we, we made the facility so much more efficient that in the end, we, we were able to keep jobs in an area. And I can give you a concrete example. I will not mention names, but in 2012, there was a large company that was thinking about moving its operations. And I'm not going to tell you what kind of operations because it might give you too much information to guess who it is, but they were going to move uh, a massive facility in one of the states in the middle part of the country. And they were going to move all those operations to China. And Toyota worked with them along with the government of that state. There were some tax incentives that were brought to bear, but Toyota designed a material handling system that allowed them to become much more efficient in how they handled this product. And in the end, they decided not to move that operation and it stayed in the U.S. and it's still there today in operation with the system we installed in 2012. So I look at that and there's over a thousand jobs at that facility that are still in that state that are still actively working that for sure they were going to move. Not maybe they had planned to do it until we were able to help them find an automation solution that made them just as competitive by keeping it in the U.S. So yes, there are ethical questions and yes, the, no doubt that there are going to be jobs that some people really like. They say, you know, this is an easy job driving around in a forklift. But uh, some of those jobs we're going to take and people are going to not like that. And I understand that. But in the big picture, I can honestly say 
we have done way more good than any small difficulties we've, we've created. Uh, and then one last thing I would say that we've done a lot of good on is because I told you I started on the automotive side at Toyota, we had a lot of team members that would go out for extended periods of time with injuries and some maybe lifelong injuries from driving forklifts with large payloads. When you have a large payload on the front of the forklift, you cannot drive forward. It's unsafe. So you have to drive in reverse and people have to turn, look behind them almost 180 degrees. Their body is twisted. Their neck is twisted. And if you spend hours every day in that condition, it, it leads to long-term injuries. We've seen it over and over again in the industry. And by automating forklifts that can make those kind of deliveries or automating tugger trains that can drive from one end of the plant to the other with these large items, uh, we've also prevented a lot of injuries and long-term disability claims because of these automated vehicles doing the one thing that is really monotonous and not value added for a human to do. And then I would say one last thing I would add to the the thing I love about working for Toyota is we have no desire to replace all humans. We consider humans to be the most valuable asset any company has. If we got aggressive in the next 20 to 30 years, we might, if we worked super hard at it, along with every other company that's in this field, we might automate as much as 20 to 30% of all the forklifts in the world. And that's it. There'll still be 70 80% of the forklifts that'll have humans on them. And that's because humans are irreplaceable. We're not trying to do something that, you know, humans can do better. We're trying to do the, the things that humans don't like doing and the things that hurt humans. That's really what our AV team focuses on providing. You know, I want to thank you for adding that example in there because I always appreciate people who've seen automation make jobs easier. Uh, as well as, you know, keep jobs stateside. So really appreciate you sharing that. Are there any other areas in technology that need to be addressed for machines to become fully and flawlessly autonomous? And if so, how, how close are we to achieving that? I think we're getting closer to machines having more autonomy as long as we're not truly considering it to be 100% artificial intelligence to human level. That... Uh, I don't think we're we're even close to that, and I'm not even sure that's that's a good thing to even pursue, right? Uh, because if we're not careful, it might adapt or it might uh, go in directions that we would not consider good. So I think we have to keep good constraints on how smart our equipment becomes, and of course follow all the safety regulations. They are evolving as the technology evolves we stay very closely connected with all the regulatory bodies and making sure that products are highly safe so i think safety is a big challenge as we move forward um, to make sure that we don't misstep in any way there and uh, we are as fail safe as possible and then i also think that we need to focus really in the near term in the next 10 years there's so much that we can automate that is dangerous, monotonous, um, very poor working conditions for humans to be in. That's where I think we need to put our focus for automation and learning and these, these machines getting smarter. What are some of the challenges? Well, 
visual perception, the human is an amazing, I mean, just unparalleled machine. There's nothing more amazing than human beings, right? Our ability to adapt and think and adjust and think on the fly and look at conditions and perceive what they are. So for machines to be able to do that is very challenging. And while we have some successes with artificial intelligence and recognition of things, we still have to teach the, the machine or the intelligence part of that. Uh, we have to teach it that. And then there's all the challenges of processing all that in the cloud and, and interconnectivity. So I think the, the market's going to have plenty of challenges in front of it. It's exciting. I, I love what the teams are doing in this area. And I want to encourage them to continue, right? We will all benefit from what they do. But I do think that, that the near term is all about applying the technologies we've proven and trying to, to make it a better place for people to work as, as quickly as we can. I know there are a number of updates in, in the world of machine learning and, and AI that's happening right now. And no doubt, eventually, those will spread across industries. Um, but for now, though, what are some of the future roles you see AGVs taking over? You know, one of the things that excites me about, we had a production engineering expo a few years back. I don't know, it's, it's just been more than a few years now, probably seven or eight years ago. And one of the exciting things that Toyota is interested in doing is using our, what we learn about mobility to empower and improve the life of those who are disabled. Uh, I'm pretty excited about what this could mean for uh, allowing people either near transport or maybe some transport over some distances, but being able to empower people that don't have mobility of their own due, due to some disability, giving them some technology that allows them to make their own decisions about where they move. You know, hey, I want to go, I want to walk over there. Well, I can't walk. Well, having technology that gets me from point A to B autonomously it just, that's very exciting to me. I, I'd love to see, and I think it will happen, that eventually the safety requirements and the integration and the smartness of these devices will allow us to really make life better for those who feel trapped or feel, um, you know, stuck with their disability and not being able to be mobile. I think we'll make a big impact to that area in the near future. First moving goods, then people. That is a good progression for the technology, no doubt. Uh, Michael, I, I always like to ask this final question. Any final thoughts that you'd like to share with us today that perhaps we haven't covered yet? I think that for me, the wrap up is to say that I think autonomous vehicles are a great option for companies, but it is a culture change and it is uh, hard work. It's not, uh, hey, I bought this vehicle and it, it just does everything automatically. It's a an important thing to understand that the vehicle will only do what you teach it to do. And to teach it to do the right thing, I have to know what you want me to teach it to do. So any company that's providing AGVs, make sure that that integrator that you're talking to, that company you're talking to, make sure they're interested in learning about your business because that's the only way to succeed. They have to know what it is you do for a business and they have to teach the vehicles to support your business. So I think making sure that customers understand that the journey is worth taking, but it's not necessarily always an easy journey. It will take effort 
uh, but it's worth the effort. The payback is really solid and it will give you a competitive advantage by bringing AGVs into your institution or your organization. Thanks again to Michael Markham for joining us and talking about the future of AGVs. For more information on what Bastion does, you can visit them online at bastionsolutions.com. Here at MHI, we never stop exploring new opportunities to help you take your manufacturing and supply chain operations to that next level of success. So thank you for making us a part of your professional development journey.